tis the season to have a song stuck in your head. <laughs> uh, sometimes it just won't leave, right? Well, I want to put one in your head. We've been looking at Hark the Herald Angels Sing, right? We're going to continue to use that today in, in a pretty simple way, just as a format to try to help us dig deep into what's the story that we're in, that Jesus has invited us into. Last week, we took a look at how the a herald brought a message that would upset your life. That's what a herald would do. Something brand new was happening. It wasn't a sales pitch about what Jesus can do for you, uh, but it was a declaration, a proclamation about who God is and what he's done and then what do, what do we need to do about it. You know, hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Christ the Lord is born in Bethlehem. And peace on earth to those and through those who have peace with God. The, the royal herald provided a stark reality check about the new government about to be employed. So brace yourself. There's a new king, right? Uh, swear your allegiance. Act in good faith. And I want to look at the second stanza of the carol. Hark the herald angels sing. It says, Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. It's hard not to sing it, huh? Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. I absolutely want to go look at this. And I'm just going to do it very simply. Like I said, I just want to go line by line, and look at the story that's being woven for us. Really, it's a song I want to get stuck in your head um, as a gift to you this Christmas. Christ by highest heaven adored. Highest heaven. We see this in the herald angels, right, as they proclaim the birth of Christ the Lord in Bethlehem. Uh, they, they proclaim that to the shepherds. Uh, but it goes way deeper than that, or maybe way higher than that. It's not just excitement over a new baby, right? Oh, the wonder and astonishment. Yeah, it's actually how Yahweh is going to come and solve the devastation that's caused by our selfish, independent nature. That's an acronym for you, SIN. Our selfish, independent nature. I think we can all agree that humanity is diseased and broken. <laughs> Um, and, and what divides us is what are we going to do about it or what can be done about it? Well, Yahweh, the creator God announced that he was going to do something about it and highest heaven is wondering what's going on, right? So as Yahweh looks on his creation and the disorder and the brokenness uh, by yes, evil forces lurking in the human decisions, he, he looks for a righteous person, someone who will uphold justice and do what is right, right by God and right by others. And even the divine beings who were to rule the nations were plunged into chaos. And those divine beings started to require worship meant only for Yahweh the Creator. Perhaps you, you know this story of how the gods went amok, right? They had a job to rule with justice and they they began to rule with, with injustice and chaos. Psalm 82 is a good text for this. It announced the judgment for the gods of the nations, holding Yahweh as the God, the creator God. Um, these, these gods were beings created by Yahweh to be the sons of God. 
the, the royal family, but they deceived the nations and plunged them into darkness. Let me, let me read this for you, because it all goes to how highest heaven is all about this plan, but there are some who were rebels. Psalm 82. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. So in the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you gods judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. So he's coming at them saying, this was your job. You had one job. Rule these different nations, but do it with justice. Uphold the poor and the needy and the weak. He goes on to say that they, these nations have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken, right? Everything upheaval and, and everything is being called into question. Judgment is, is nigh. Yahweh says this, I said, you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. So you're all sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. God's taking all the nations back. When is this going to happen? When is this judgment going to take place? How is this going to go? Well, is it, we see that Yahweh has punishment in the works for fallen divine beings, the sons of the Most High, and has restoration plans for humanity to become the sons of the Most High. Yep, he's, he's clearing house to allow for you and I to be in his divine counsel as sons of God. A little more on that later. But with, a, with such a messed up situation, with the nation's gone awry, um, how is God going to get them back? How is, how is the, the movement going to start? Who can start a movement toward justice and, and righteousness, doing right by God and man? In Isaiah 59, 14 through 20, Yahweh is saying, uh, uh, Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the public squares, and uprightness cannot enter. Well, this sounds really familiar. Truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him, and that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Who can stand in the gap? Verse 16 says, Then his own arm brought him salvation, his own arm, and his righteousness upheld him. A few verses later in verse 20, it says, and a redeemer will come to Zion. Here comes the redeemer. To those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. So what's he saying? He, he knows that the, the gods need judgment, but also among humans, there's no one to intercede. There was no man, no one to stand in the gap and bring right relationships between God and man. And so Yahweh's own arm brought him salvation. Yahweh brings salvation. And highest heaven is watching as Yahweh brings salvation, as he brings the order and purity of heaven to earth. In the past, when Yahweh wanted to show up, he would appear as, as a man who could walk and talk and lead and guide. We know these from these appearances of the angel of the Lord throughout the Old Testament. 
the invisible spirit we call the Heavenly Father would, would often be placed alongside the visible Yahweh. Um, Yahweh says to Yahweh, <laughs> visible to the invisible. So highest heaven is wondering, well, how's he going to do this? He'll probably send the visible Yahweh again to, to do what he's always done and nudge the people along, right? Well, angels watched as the second person of the Trinity, who, who we now call the Son, was placed in the uterus of a poor young woman. A young woman who was, just, who was just excited about getting married soon. Yahweh Most High brings salvation starting deep inside a lowly woman in a lowly town with a birth announced from the highest heaven to a lowly shepherd group. So who will this man become? Well, Christ the Lord. Who is this Redeemer who will come to Zion? A baby named Jesus, whose name means, get this, get this, Yahweh brings salvation. That's what Yehoshua, Jesus, Jesus means. Yahweh brings salvation. Hmm. It's the heaven-earth man, the God-man, not just acting the part, but actually taking on flesh to be forever the Lord. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. It brings to mind Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11. Paul is appealing to this church group in the city of Philippi. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You can have this mind in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the very form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, Yahweh brings salvation. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> this is just beautiful poetry. This is actually a song that they sang. What a beautiful story. Speaking of Jesus in, in Isaiah 9, verse 6, you, you probably have heard this, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, our everlasting Lord. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come. Late in time. First uh, Peter 1, 20 through 21 says, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. In these last days, late in time, behold him come. Now, it's been a while since the birth of Jesus. And if those were the last days, what are these days? 
Well, we're in the age where those who are faithful to God place their allegiance and hope in God to bring about the peace on earth because we have peace with God. Jesus came at the right time. Now, calculations have been made, but this, is, this seems to be the right time where Rome had a, had a way to get the message all over the world. A time when the expectation for the Messiah was at an all-time high in, in, the, in the nation of Israel. He ordered each part of those days to get the message out to the nations, that he was breaking the stranglehold of the dark forces and announcing an all-call to come back and worship the Creator God in fullness, right? Arise, O God, you will inherit all the nations. You're going to get them all back. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, just the very beginning of this book, says, Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. <laughs> Christmas is a, is a big story. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. What child is this? After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So here we have Mary. What an upset in her whole world, but what an honor as well. Joseph, obedient and faithful and confused, but then clarified by the angels. Hark the herald angels, yeah? Christ by highest heaven adored, you know this now. Christ the everlasting Lord, say it with me. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. So how do we actually see God? <laughs> what would that be like if we could do that? Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the church, 
head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus is bringing it all together. He is preeminent. That's why I'm trying to help you focus. Like, what could I use this song to just keep my mind on Jesus this Christmas? He is preeminent. You can start saying it with me. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come. Offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Oh, incarnate, right? Take taking flesh. See, God is a giver, the giver of all good gifts, and he gives of himself. He gives himself. And when it was time to announce his kingdom, that he's taken back the nations, he came to do it himself. C.S. Lewis, in his letters to Malcolm, says this, in, in the incarnation, God takes, or God the Son takes the body and human soul of Jesus, and through that, the whole environment of nature, all the creaturely predicament into his own being. He takes it all in so that he came down from heaven can almost be transposed into heaven drew earth up into it. And locality and limitation sleep and sweat and footsore weariness, frustration, pain, doubt, and death are from before all worlds known by God from within. So he's known all about this, of course, and now he's experienced every little bit of it for you. Lewis goes on to say, the pure light walks the earth. The darkness received into the heart of the deity is there swallowed up. Where, except in uncreated light, can the darkness be drowned? And that's what we have in Jesus. So, so for those straining to see the invisible God, those wanting to know what our Creator is like, those who felt the brokenness of this world, they see Jesus and know they have seen God. Jesus is said to to have in him, in Colossians 2.9, in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. It's the full picture, the full image of God. Now, you can see God in his fullness in the face of Jesus. And you can know that he sees you in your limitation, your brokenness, your hurt, the abandonment and betrayal, the abuse, and even in your own rebellion. Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell. <laughs> pleased. He's, he's not holding back. He's not even grumpy that he had to walk this earth and step in the mud to retrieve you and me. He had to step in the mud to retrieve me. I'm sure his heart is grieved that some still reject his overtures. Speaking of Jesus in, in John 1, 9 through 14, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Have you heard that theme? (laughs) Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him and who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of will, or the flesh, or, uh, or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. God has become king again in Jesus. And he invites us to take counsel with him, to be the restored divine counsel, to be the children of God. And that invitation is there for you. Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Right, we read this earlier. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Hmm. Tom Wright says this, the gospel of Jesus the Messiah was born then in a a land and in a time of trouble, tension, violence, and fear. Banish all thoughts of peaceful Christmas scenes. Before the Prince of Peace had learned to walk and talk, he was a homeless refugee with a price on his head. At the same time in this passage and several others, Matthew insists that we see in Jesus, even when things are at their darkest, the fulfillment of Scripture. This is how Israel's Redeemer was to appear. This is how God would set about liberating his people and bringing justice to the whole world. No point in arriving in comfort when the world is in misery. No point in having an easy life when the world suffers violence and injustice. If he is to be Emmanuel, God with us, he must be with us where the pain is. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Will you let him find you in the darkness? He can see you there. Will you let him lift you out of the mud? He knows your guilt. Will you let him close by your side? He desires intimacy. Will you partner with him to bring peace on earth? He is the Prince of Peace. Will you set aside your rebellion and embrace this Christ child, Jesus, as Lord. Hark, the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Hmm. 